Welcome to episode 210 of the Truth Quest podcast, the truth about July 2022, the month the purposeful destruction of America was revealed. Before we get started, I want to ask you to do me a favor and share the show. If you're on social media and see discussions about the destructive nature of Biden's policies, the changing of definitions, the COVID vaccine, the Second Amendment, or abortion comes up, please share the TruthQuest podcast with your friend. Tell them to browse the episode titles and dive into whatever topics pique their interest. Episodes are available on a host of platforms including iTunes, Google Play Music, Stitcher, Spotify, Amazon Music, Podbean, BitChute, Rumble, and Instagram, where I post a short highlight of each show at instagram.com forward slash truthquestpodcast. Whatever platform you may be listening to this on, please take a moment and give it a five-star rating, hit the like button, or leave a positive review. Another way you can help grow the show is to throw a small donation my way at the TruthQuest Podcast patronage page. All donations will be used to drive awareness of the podcast through online advertising. See this episode's show notes page at truthquest.podbean.com for details. And finally, please join the conversation on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash truthquestpodcast. July 2022 was the month where it became perfectly obvious to anyone with eyes to see and ears to hear that what the doomsday cult, formerly known as the Democratic Party, is doing to the country cannot be considered incompetence. Rather, it is purposeful, and all of it is being done to the detriment of the American people. These people are engineering the collapse or the intentional managed decline of the American economic system. I understand why that may seem crazy to many of you. Many of you may be thinking this is crazy talk, but I think it's the truth. Here's how I know I speak truth. Printing money causes inflation. Printing more money after inflation hits a 40-year high will cause more inflation and lower standards of living of Americans to an even worse extent. Despite that fact, the doomsday cult, formerly known as the Democratic Party, just tried to pass their Inflation Reduction Act, which prints almost a trillion more dollars. This meets the definition of both high crimes and misdemeanors and willful negligence. Here's another example. Leaving the border wide open causes crime to rise steeply. Municipalities to struggle financially as they deal with the illegals. Fentanyl overdoses to skyrocket and voter fraud to become a serious issue. Despite that fact, the doomsday cult formerly known as the Democratic Party leaves the border wide open and, as we will touch on shortly, is offering them ID cards. Here's another example. Econ 101 teaches that when you limit the supply of something, it tends to push the price up. Therefore, limiting the drilling of oil and natural gas on federal lands causes the price of both to increase. Similarly, banning the importation of Russian oil limits supply further and causes the price of gas at the pump to go up even more. Despite that economic law, the doomsday cult, formerly known as the Democratic Party, continues to pursue these supply-limiting policies. How about the blatant violation of the First Amendment when the federal government colludes with big tech to censor free speech? It leaves large swaths of the public ill-informed and ignorant of the truth and skews public policy debate, leading to destructive public policies. Or how about lying about a vaccine and forcing it on the public despite the fact that there were no clinical trials and the fact that it causes death and serious adverse effects and despite the fact that there are known effective early treatment protocols like ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine. Despite that fact, the doomsday cult formerly known as the Democratic Party did it anyways and they're still doing it today. Similarly, 
Locking down the economy and schools causes job loss, business failures, mental illness, substance abuse, and educational development delay. Despite that fact, the doomsday cult, formerly known as the Democratic Party, did it anyways. Sowing seeds of division among the populace is evil. Despite that fact, the doomsday cult, formerly known as the Democratic Party, does it on a daily basis. Limiting fertilizer and nitrogen production will lead to smaller crop yields that will lead to food shortages and starvation. Despite that fact, the doomsday cult, formerly known as the Democratic Party, is pursuing the same policies that are playing out right now in Sri Lanka and the Netherlands. More on that shortly. Cleansing the military of anyone who leans conservative will lead to its eventual deployment on American soil against American citizens in the name of domestic terrorism. Despite this fact, that is exactly what the Doomsday Cult, formerly known as the Democratic Party, is pursuing. Creating and employing a dual justice system, one for well-connected Democrats and one for everyone else, is Stalinist. Despite that fact, the Doomsday Cult, formerly known as the Democratic Party, has created one and uses it often. See January 6th protesters versus BLM Antifa rioters. See Hunter Biden versus Paul Manafort, Michael Flynn, Roger Stone, George Papadopoulos, and the treatment of Donald Trump. Lying and gaslighting is disrespectful, belittling, and dishonest. Despite that fact, the doomsday cult formerly known as the Democratic Party do it anyway because it helps them gain and maintain power. Changing the definition of words like recession, vaccine, racism, constitutional, safe and effective, mostly peaceful, and constitutional is reminiscent of Pravda. Despite that fact, the doomsday cult, formerly known as the Democratic Party, do it anyway. Why bring up all of that in a month in review episode? Because there were so many stories that came to light during the month that proved the point that everything these people are doing is on purpose. I offer the following story from the month of July that you likely never heard as Exhibit 1, the Hunter Biden FBI cover-up. We received information from FBI whistleblowers demonstrating how the FBI and the Department of Justice covered up the Biden crime family. If you're interested in diving into the Biden crime family and Hunter Biden's laptop, check out episodes 118 and 184. Before I give you the meat of the story, I want to jump to the conclusion. The FBI and the DOJ should be defunded, abolished, and dismantled. Everyone should be fired, and as Terror Servatius is fond of saying, blow the place up. Both of those agencies are unconstitutional, meaning there's nothing in the Constitution calling for a federal law enforcement agency. Add on top of that the fact that they are both corrupt to the core and serve as the National Democrats' Gestapo. Think about the sexual abuse case against the FBI agent regarding the U.S. gymnastics team. Years of sexual abuse covered up by the FBI. How about the Trump-Russia collusion fiasco? That was treasonous. It tore the country apart. How about the government's involvement in January 6th? Or the entrapment of those militia guys in Michigan with the Governor Whitmer abduction plot? All of those stories should be enough for Congress to defund the entire place. This is a bad agency. This is a bad department. Now to the July story. Senator Chuck Grassley, a Republican from Iowa, who apparently is the only member of Congress in which the illegal FBI NSA spying apparatus has not uncovered any illegalities or embarrassing situations about, he released a report based on multiple FBI whistleblowers reporting that proved the agency is nothing more than a shill for the Democratic Party. Check this out. 
the intelligence community ignored a momentous national security threat, namely, the Russians potentially possessed a second Hunter Biden laptop. According to Grassley, the whistleblowers alleged that Washington Field Office Assistant Special Agent in Charge Timothy Thibault and other FBI officials sought to falsely portray derogatory information related to Hunter Biden's financial and foreign business activities as disinformation, quote-unquote. You may be saying, so what? I heard that 60 former high-level intelligence officers signed a letter stating that fact in the run-up to the 2020 election. And everyone remembers Joe citing those liars during one of his debates with Trump. Those officials knew all along what was on that laptop, and they still lied in order to get rid of Trump and literally push Biden across the finish line. And even that wasn't enough, which is why we saw widespread voter fraud in Wisconsin, Nevada, Pennsylvania, and Georgia. That was necessary in order for Biden to win some of those states by less than 15,000 votes. They just kept counting him until he got enough to call it a night. Here is where the willful negligence and evidence of corruption comes in. By labeling the information as disinformation, that evidence was placed in a restricted access folder that made it off limits to the FBI agents who were actually investigating Hunter. The whistleblower's charges are devastating and mean that at a time that Hunter Biden was already reportedly under investigation by the Delaware U.S. Attorney's Office, rather than work with the agents already investigating then-candidate Joe Biden's son, FBI headquarters initiated its own assessment. Now I want to stop right here and ask you to think back to the Trump years. Do you remember any whistleblowers coming forward with embarrassing information about Trump and his administration? Do you remember how they were treated by the alphabet soup conspiracy media? They were treated like rock stars. Now we have some more rock stars who are apparently tired of the lawlessness at the FBI and the DOJ, and they get no coverage. Keep in mind, the FBI has had Hunter's laptop since December of 2019. At that time, FBI agents were reportedly told that in addition to pornography, the computer had information about, quote, dealings with foreign interests, a pay-for-play scheme linked to the former administration, and lots and lots of foreign money, end quote. How many of you know what a SAR is, a Suspicious Activities Report? It's a report issued by banks when they witness suspicious activity, thus the name. I believe it was implemented after 9-11 as part of the Patriot Act to catch terrorists wiring money to co-conspirators. Do any of you know a single person who has had a financial transaction that resulted in a filing of a SAR? I'm waiting. No? Me neither. Guess how many the Biden crime family are responsible for? Over 150. It's kind of like the old joke people say, how many people in your entire life have you known that have been murdered or committed suicide? And most people will say one, two, or none. Meanwhile, we've had, what, a dozen people close to the Clintons that have met such a fate? Either way, none of that's a coincidence. Had the FBI been interested in justice, they would have discovered a video recording on the laptop they had in their possession capturing Hunter Biden saying in 2018 that another laptop was missing when he was partying in Las Vegas and that he believed it was stolen by a group of Russians. The video then showed a prostitute asking Hunter if he worried the Russian thieves would try to blackmail him. Yeah, in some way, yeah, Hunter replied, noting his father was, quote, running for president. Hunter had also noted that the computer had tons of compromising videos on it. All of that information has been known for three years by the general public once the laptop went public. And the FBI had it before then. 
Hell, just go listen to episode 184, which I published, what, seven, eight months ago in January? I mentioned some of that in that episode. It's not like it's a secret. Yet no action was taken by the FBI because he's Joe's son, and they work for the Democratic Party. This scandal is no longer just about the Biden crime family. It's about every member of federal law enforcement and the intelligence community who put our country at risk by lying and failing to do their jobs. Anyone paying attention to the Hunter Biden laptop from Hell Story knows that the Bidens are owned by the Russians and the Chinese because of the money given to Hunter that he never reported as income, making him a money launderer and a tax evader. Again, anyone paying the least bit of attention knows that in Hunter's communications, he called Joe the big guy. That was confirmed by a guy named Tony Bobolinsky in a press conference held prior to the election. He was a former business partner of both Joe and Hunter. That press conference was, of course, summarily ignored by the media. We know that the big guy take for the haul from these foreign sources was somewhere around 10% based on these same communications. Where did that money go, Joe? Why didn't you report it as income, Joe? How does it feel to sell your soul to the devil, Joe? In the end, this makes the resident of the United States a felon just like his son. One might ask the question, is the FBI and DOJ leadership also owned by Russia and China, like the resident of the United States is? Or do they actually own Biden? Meaning, they know all the skeletons in his closet, so they know he won't do anything to disrupt the, what plans they have. In my opinion, I believe Hunter saved all that shit on his laptops for his own protection. Who saves years' worth of texts and voicemail messages and then conveniently leaves the laptop behind in a repair shop? Hunter, of all people, knew his father has no soul and would throw him to the dogs at the first chance he got. So he kept a bunch of evidence on his laptop and quote-unquote lost it accidentally. He also knew all of his Chinese and Russian investors, again, in quotes, investors, could turn violent at a moment's notice, so why not name a few names and just keep them at bay for a while? While we're on the topic of resident Biden, in other news, he tested positive for COVID during the month. Twice. This is a guy who is vaccinated and boosted. How many times? Three? Four? One year ago, almost to the day of when he tested positive the first time, Biden told the American people in a town hall meeting that if you take the vaccine, you will not get the virus. I mean, you just can't make this shit up. Do you remember when Trump got COVID? The alphabet soup conspiracy media was obsessed. How did he get it? It was a super spreader event. Who did he give it to? Death wishes rained down all over social media from the tolerant left wing. Biden gets COVID twice in two weeks and crickets. Before we get off the topic of resident Biden, I posted this on Facebook. I think it summarizes his month pretty well. Attention, my Trump-hating, shit-talking Facebook friends. What would you say if Trump had a month where he fell off a bike, fist-bumped, ass-kissed the Saudi prince begging him to drill for more oil, lied about having cancer, saw his approval rating hit a new low, and get COVID twice after telling the American people you can't get it if you get vaccinated. Meanwhile, the COVID headlines about adverse effects and death by vaccine continued to flow out in such rapid pace throughout the month that the fact checkers cannot keep up. It's quite remarkable how fast and furious they are coming out now. Continuing the theme of the episode of revealing the purposeful destruction of America, more evidence of collusion between the federal government and big tech leaked out where the feds were dictating to Twitter and Facebook who and what they wanted censored on their own platforms. 
Collusion between the feds and a private company that squashes free speech is a First Amendment violation. I cannot wait for the lawsuits to start flying in the years to come. More evidence of the purposeful destruction of the country came during the month as the Biden administration confirmed plans to give IDs to illegal immigrants. The next step is, of course, voting rights for people who have IDs, of course. See, according to the Doomsday Cult, formerly known as the Democratic Party, voter ID laws are racist if a Republican legislature proposes them, but when they refuse to enforce federal immigration laws and then hand out welfare benefits and an ID card to these illegals, those people will definitely have the right to vote. After all, they have an ID. The legitimate voters be damned because they're not buying what the Democrats are selling, so the Democrats have to import new replacement voters. The voter drive at the border is in full swing. Listen to episode 143, The Truth About the Massive Voter Drive at the Border, for a deep dive into that topic. The second quarter GDP numbers came out during the month. Negative 0.9%. Couple that with a negative 1.6% from the first quarter, and we are officially in a recession. Which, if it happened while a Republican was in office, would be the headline news for weeks on end. The Biden administration comically attempted to change the definition of recession during the month because they didn't want that word bouncing around this close to the midterm elections. It's the same playbook used when they change the definition of woman, vaccine, inflation, voter fraud, racism, and safe and effective. You see, recession no longer means two straight quarters of negative GDP growth. That cannot be because that would mean we're in one now. In episode 208, I chronicled the new definition of recession, and it's something like uh, a broad-based economic decline. That's what the administration kept saying, leading any critical thinker to point out the following economic indicators from the month of July. The inverting of the yield curve, Amazon laying off 100,000 workers, Walmart warning its customers are not buying other things than food because they're broke, credit card balances jumping the most in 20 years, lower standards of living, Job openings dropping by 600,000. The retail sector alone dropped 300,000. Jobless claims hit an eight-month high. The savings rate has collapsed. The June misery index, a composite of unemployment and CPI inflation, has risen to the highest level since September 2011, and consumer sentiment has plummeted. Oh, and the real inflation rate hit 17.3%, a 40-year high. But don't worry, we're not in a recession. There's no broad-based economic decline. On that note, let's get back to the theme of this episode of revealing the purposeful destruction of the American economy. So inflation hits a 40-year high. How does that prove purposeful intent? The reason this falls in the purposeful bucket is because the definition of inflation is the increase in the money supply. The result of inflation is rising prices if we don't see offsetting levels of supply or productivity. In other words, you need to have additional goods and services to soak up all the new money flooding into the system. Do yourself a favor. Go to DuckDuckGo search engine and type in the words M3, the letter M and then the number 3, and after that type money supply and the word FRED, F-R-E-D. The first result will likely be a chart that I'm getting ready to talk you through. You'll see a rising trend line left to right from 1973 forward. What happened in 1973? Nixon took the U.S. off the gold standard in order to print money to pay for the Vietnam War and LBJ's Great Society, among other things. Check out episode 162, The Truth About Nixon's Closure of the Gold Window, for a deep dive into that topic. 
Up until that point, spending by Nixon and every other Congress and every other president was restricted by the amount of gold the U.S. had in its vaults. That restriction was now lifted and the Federal Reserve could print money like it was coming from a money tree. If you follow that line all the way to today, you'd see that in 1980, the M3 money supply was $1.4 trillion. In 1990, it was $3.2 trillion. That's basically a triple in a decade. Ten years later, in 2000, it was 4.7. 2010, 8.5. 2020, 15 trillion. 2021, 19 trillion. And today, it's 21.7 trillion. Clearly, this is bipartisan willful negligence. But what we have seen since Trump left is an administration that saw inflation rising when they took office, and despite that fact, printed more money. That's bad enough, but they went a step further and restricted supply and killed productivity, which, as we just discussed, is the other side of the inflation equation. Think about money supply as soup in a bowl, and the supply of products and services is bread. When there is just a little bit of soup in the bowl, one piece of bread can soak it up. But if you print more money, pour more soup in the bowl, you get soggy bread, and eventually you basically have no bread. It's just a disgusting remnant and it's floating around in the soup because the bread, the number of products and services, can no longer soak up all the soup, the money in the system. So what Trump did was print a shitload of money and push policies that produced more bread, more products and services. The economy soaked up the excess dollars, particularly in the energy sector. Do you remember we were energy independent during the Trump years? North Dakota had these booming new towns for all the workers that flocked there to work on fracking operations. Gas was what? $2 a gallon? We were exporting oil and natural gas all over the world. So we did not see dramatic price increases because we were producing more stuff, more bread to soak up all the printed dollars. What is the doomsday cult formerly known as the Democratic Party doing? Printing money and killing the bread industry. They are doing it on purpose. They are limiting the supply of energy by restricting drilling on federal lands and waters. They are limiting the supply of food and meat by restricting the use of fertilizers to grow the food, to feed the cattle and the people. All in the name of their bullshit green energy agenda. They want to lower carbon emissions from cars, tractors, and trucks down to the methane farts of cattle. I'm not making it up. They actually talk about that. They are killing our consistent forms of electricity via coal-fired and nuclear power plants, which are the cleanest form of energy. And they're replacing them with inconsistent wind and solar, which led to 200 deaths in Texas last winter because wind turbines freeze in cold weather and the sun don't shine during blizzards. So we have skyrocketing prices of everything due to inflation, the printing of trillions of dollars, and we have rising prices and eventually we will have shortages of food. Food and energy. The doomsday cult is literally implementing the Great Reset right before our eyes. See episode 190, The Truth About the Great Reset, for more information on that. All of this pain and suffering is being implemented on purpose. The outcome of the doomsday cult's policies are knowable. They know what is going to happen when they implement their policies. Meanwhile, while Biden is restricting drilling on federal lands and banning the importation of Russian oil, he's selling the United States strategic oil reserves to the Chinese and begging the Saudis to produce more. And he had the balls to take to the microphones during July and say, quote, I am doing all I can to increase the supply of oil 
for the United States of America. Then days later, he rebukes the owners of your core gas stations to lower their prices. It's so pathetic and so transparent what this cult is doing, playing on the ignorance of the American people. He's causing gas prices to go up, and he yells at the people who have to pay wholesale and sell retail in order to stay in business. He's yelling at them to lower their prices. The asshole-in-chief said that the American motorists should expect to pay elevated prices for gasoline until the Russia-Ukraine war is over. Well, why should we suffer because two countries across the globe are at war? Well, because this allows Biden to say we are on war footing, despite the fact that war has not been declared by Congress. It's a stupid excuse to cause more pain domestically by banning Russian oil imports and force prices up even higher. There are literally billions of barrels of oil in the ground under the United States. Despite that fact, the outcome pushed by Biden and the doomsday cult formerly known as the Democratic Party is for every American to buy an $80,000 electric vehicle whose battery they will not be able to charge due to the constraints on the electric grid by their so-called green energy agenda. Now you know why I call them a cult. There is no other way to describe them other than mentally ill. Speaking of purposeful food shortages, resident Biden is not content with the current skyrocketing prices of food and eventual shortages here in the United States. He's willing to risk famine in poor countries and guarantee dramatically higher food prices in other developed countries in order to pursue his harmful, ridiculous utopian save the planet from humans climate commitments. How can I make such a bold statement? In late June, British Prime Minister Boris Johnson, who was ousted from that position during the month of July, he pushed G7 leaders at a summit in Germany to repurpose land currently used for crop-based biofuels to grow more food in order to compensate for the lost grain coming from the war-torn Ukraine. Biden opposed that effort. And on top of that, back home, he raised the standards for biofuel usage which in turn puts more grain in our gas tanks and less in our bellies. If you want to see what the future holds for America, look at the current situation in Sri Lanka and the Netherlands, where you have serious inflation and rationing of gas and food in the former, and serious future food shortages and farm failures in the latter, and serious political unrest in both. Why do I point out these two countries? Because both are pursuing the same policies as the doomsday cult formerly known as the Democratic Party, only they are about five years ahead of the U.S. It's already starting here. You can see stories about ranchers that are slaughtering female cows because they're too expensive to feed. Fertilizer and fuel costs are almost double or triple what they were a year ago, and it's close to impossible for farmers to make a profit. That's happening today in America. I want to end with Deborah Burks. Do you remember her? She was the woman who stood next to Trump and Pence and Fauci during the daily press conferences around COVID in the early stages of the pandemic. She's the one who wore the scarves. The one who virtually every other word out of her mouth was data. We have to look at the data. Our decisions will be data driven. She had this to say in her new book that came out in July. Quote, I knew these vaccines were not going to protect against infection. And I think we overplayed the vaccines. Oh, really? Isn't that nice of her to tell us now? Juxtapose this comment against her own words in late 2020 on ABC. Quote, This is one of the most highly effective vaccines we have in our infectious disease arsenal. And so that's why I'm very enthusiastic about the vaccine. End quote. She also admitted amazingly in her book that she made up the idea of the economic shutdowns as well as the restrictions of only having family gatherings of 10 or fewer people 
as well as making up school closures and mask mandates with no data to back up those decisions. But I thought, I thought she was the data lady. Remember her two weeks to stop the spread? Turns out she made that shit up too. All this is in her book. In recent congressional testimony, she admitted under oath that when she told the American people the vaccine would stop the virus from spreading, she really only, quote, hoped it would because, of course, they had no data to substantiate the claim because the vaccine had no clinical trial. How many destroyed lives are Burks and Fauci responsible for? How many business failures, suicides, major episodes of depression, drug and alcohol addictions? How many deaths are they responsible for due to delays in treatment or for other diseases during the shutdown? How many deaths are they responsible for because they pushed a dangerous, unproven, ineffective vaccine? At the end of the day, this woman is not qualified to be an assistant manager at a McDonald's franchise. And her compatriot, Fauci, belongs in a supermax prison for crimes against humanity. You follow the advice of government experts at your own peril. Do you not see the pattern? These people are evil. They are a cult, a doomsday cult, because they know the outcome of their policies will be pain and suffering. And rather than pursue policies that improve their constituents' lives, rather than looking for ways to improve human flourishing, they look for ways to do the opposite. Every one of their policies hurts the people they supposedly represent, and in effect, hurt people all over the globe, given America's former position as a powerhouse producer of both food and energy. And that's the truth about July 2022, the month the purposeful destruction of America was revealed. 